Yes, we are Dirty 30, episode 30. <laughs> that was too many 30s. <laughs> We're yeah. back, guys. Congrats so to everyone excited. turning 30. Yes, congrats. I feel like 40, 45 is the new 30. You really <laughs> think so? I think everyone loves Or no, you. it's the other way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't you feel like people look younger? I mean, thanks to Botox and everything, but people do feel and look younger, so like, if you're 30, like, it's like you're still in your 20s, you know? Yeah, I mean? it's, yeah, no, I actually agree with you, by the way. I feel like if you're 30, you're basically still 21. So, guys, just take out your inner 21 like and <laughs> forever 30, okay? Forever 30. So, guys, um, um, we have a lot of juicy topics. We have a lot to cover. So, summer is officially over. I mean, it's been over for, like, a month. <laughs> but, like, we're full on into fall. You're going to see um, Starbucks whipping up their lattes, their um, pumpkin, spice latte, pumpkin, spice pumpkin spice latte. Pumpkin spice latte. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, we're getting into the fall. We're getting into cozy weather. I mean, one of the most co- cozy things that you can do is, like, prepare yourself something hot. Perhaps cheese fondue, girl. Are you about that life? <laughs> girl, you know about my cheese life. I freaking love cheese. I love cheese so much. And, guys, our newest sponsor, we're so excited about it, uh, is Grana Padano Cheese. So, girl... Tell us, I mean, for our fall dinners and lunches. And, you know, I feel like the fall and winter is about, like, gathering friends and family together. So why not yeah. do it with some cheese, girl? Am I right or am I right? Yeah. I mean, cheese is always there in whatever we eat. And especially, like, if we're having a barbecue. You know, us Levantines, we love to have our barbecue. <laughs> especially, like, in this weather. So what's better than um, Grana Padano cheese? And you guys, by the way, their amazing cheese is available everywhere. You can find it in Spinney's, Waitrose, Monoprix, Carrefour, Italy, Dubai Mall. By the way, do you like Italy? It's By the way, girl, I love, love Italy. When you said it, my mouth are drooling. <laughs> I'm well obsessed with Italy. It's like, it's just an Italian, right? I don't even know what. It's the best thing. And they have Gano Padano cheese there. So if you are there and you're shopping for your pastas and stuff, pick up some cheese because... It's insane. And honestly, girl, like I this morning as I'm so energetic is because I made an omelet and I was like, you know what? I am going to try something new today. So I put some Grano Padano cheese in my omelet and girl, insane. But girl, aren't you like lactose intolerant though? So I am. So I find like cheeses make me super bloated and stuff. But this what's amazing is Grana Padano cheese has an aging process that takes like 9 to 20 months. And it's lactose free because of the characteristics of the production. Girl, I swear. No way. Shut up. It's not lactose free. No way. Girl, I swear it's lactose free. Oh my God, that's amazing because of the production process so uh, I, do, I don't have anything with lactose like oh my god girl you just unlocked like a secret <laughs> something in my life because lactose you know I mean? also makes me super bloated so um it's lactose free so so guys like get some grana padano cheese um madame what are the handles people want to look it up more and website and stuff yeah guys follow them on instagram at grana padano so it's g-r-a-n-a a P A D A N O 
and um, use the hashtag, hashtag Grana Padano and hashtag I love Grana Padano because I love me some cheese, girl. Guys, we love cheese. And please, guys, we're going to put their website in our description for our episode. So yes. so please click so on you it. Can, yeah. yeah, you can try the fancy cheese that's made in Lombardy, Veneto and the province of Piacenza. So it's literally all the fancy areas that I can't pronounce in Italy. Marami so. did a great job. I honestly was going to ask if you were Italian. Because that was just, that was spectacular. Anyways, guys, look it up, buy the cheese, let us know how you feel and taste and let us know some recipes. So today, guys, we are discussing something that Madame and I have been wanting to talk about for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think it's a really important topic. So we really want to talk about therapy. Yep. I know that it's very taboo. Like we don't like getting into there for us. Speaking to someone equals you're crazy, but guess what, you guys? It's not. Get over it. And let's get into the tea. Let's get into it. So, I mean, Alana, do you know a lot of people who seek therapy? To be honest, I do. I feel like, so, you know, like me and Madame both grew up here, but it's like growing up, I never really heard of anyone going to therapy. But once I went to the States for college, university, like it became, it was such a norm. And I think I was almost shocked of how much of a norm and how many people actually go to it. Because in the Arab world, it's kind of perceived, Mm -hmm. I guess, as weaker and like it's not a thing but you know like a lot of people really do go out and seek therapy I mean how how is your perception of therapy growing up compared to when you're an adult now oh like growing up we would think it's like mental health institution equals crazy people hospital equals asylum equals you don't want to be there you don't want to go there you don't want to be associated with that in any way shape or form totally however when I did go to university we had someone like specifically who was just like a psychological advisor that you could speak to whenever you want so that's when I was first like introduced to it being like very normal like just out and about like it's just there you know it exists and it's there to help you and the way that they did it was like this person that you could speak to would also like organize Uh, talks about like dealing with stress around midterms finals and it really changed the stigma for me at that point yeah so I started to see it as okay like there's much more to it's not just about you know having like uh, bipolar disorder yeah like no like there's no shame in having those um illnesses it's just like there's a wide variety of things there's a wide variety I think of reasons as well of going to therapy it's not only like you know some like so I actually did therapy in the states um and I think like one of the things was like dealing with the change of like being in a different country being without my parents being like in a completely different realm and then going to therapy and just kind of having like a third party perspective Mm -hmm. on because if you think about it, like the therapist like doesn't know who you are like you walk in there and you're almost held accountable to share who you are to share what your feelings are to share your issues to share your problems so it's kind of like your responsibility to make sure that you're being super transparent and honest with that person because then there's like the other side where people go and like put this facade of like you know like yeah. like they kind of put on a facade on but if you're like super mm-hmm. honest of what why you're coming and your intentions I feel like you can really get a lot out of it why do you think it's like such a taboo in the world like why are Arabs so against it like do you like I'm gonna say like 
I'm not gonna generalize about other cultures. I'm speaking for mine, and I know in my culture it's like very um not normal. Yeah. I'm assuming there must be other cultures where it's like the same. It's like you know, it's just not something that we do. Totally. Like speak to someone. So, what do you feel like makes it so? You know. Like, why do you think it's such a taboo topic? Mm-hmm. Like why? I think there's a perception almost of it not being normalized because even if you look at like mental wellness like I don't think Mm -hmm. mental wellness is really touched on in this part of the world and yeah um a reason for that is is because I think a lot of our culture strength is identified as someone who's like physically strong has a lot of wealth um more like exterior than interior so I feel like that Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with what people perceive as as what like therapy is and mental wellness and stuff but I do believe that especially in our part of the world like we are definitely progressing to a a, a state where it's more normalized and I think we're progressing Mm -hmm. to a world that it's like there's more I think uh therapy session of therapy um Mm -hmm. centers here more than ever now yeah I mean uh I feel like even before when there were people who wanted to do it it was very expensive. True. It was just not affordable uh, to a lot of people even. But now it's just like so accessible that even insurances cover it. It's just like, you know, it's like you have a machine that runs your body, which is your mind, you know. Totally. And if that machine is broken, then everything is going to fall through the cracks. So I feel like it's just like how we service our cars and we maintain them. Um, We should service our brain. No, I actually like that example. That's, that's actually, it's very, it's very true because, and, and, and also I think Madame, like we, we take care of our bodies. Like we, Mm -hmm. like if you're trying to be healthy or predominantly eating while you're going to the gym, you're exercising, whatever, it's the same Mm -hmm. for your, your brain. And even, I think that's even more important because like if you're for example I know I've had issues in the past where I've had a lot of like negative self-talk I'm sure you can Mm -hmm. relate to that like same yeah like girl I get you you 100% I think a lot of people can relate to like the negative self-talk we put in our brains but when I went to therapy Mm -hmm. it was actually about training my brain to kind of stop those thoughts and then like as I'm doing it like as I'm like like negative self-speaking to kind of stop Mm -hmm. those thoughts in the process and then replace it with a positive one and then I think also therapy kind of you explore why you're like that if there's past trauma if there's experiences if there's rejection I think there's a lot of reasons why we kind of go through this like we go through this negative Mm -hmm. self-talk especially after if you're like rejected or gotten broken up with or have a death in the family I think I think the most important part about uh, doing therapy is the, you know, the exercises that you do to discover your triggers, whatever emotions you feel, there's always a trigger. So like if it's disappointment, if it's happiness, if it's anxiety, like what are the things that trigger those feelings? And when you go to speak to someone about it, they will help you um, address those uh, triggers. So they will understand why exactly, like, for example, Let's say, um, like, I have body image issues. And then, you know, you tell me something, like, about my weight. And then I'm, like, I get really upset. But then I'm, like, why am I upset? Is it because I really believe so? Or is it because, uh, for example, I've had uh, issues in the past where people told me, like, 
whatever like your weight or something like i'm just giving an example so if you understand that trigger and you're like you know what those are those were just negative comments from people who did not feel good about themselves then and probably wanted to bring me down at that point then it shouldn't mean anything and i should not be getting angry um i can defend it and like you know i can choose not to engage with it but it should not take any an emotional toll on my um you know uh self-worth and like it should not be i should not take it seriously basically you know i I think so it's just like yeah no no go on no no, i I was thinking about i'm actually like i'm thinking about what you're saying because i i think like like the self-worth talk especially like i i truly believe because like through the therapy i went like went through like your childhood has so much to do with how you perceive yourself today and i think going to therapy actually like makes you realize like do you think that your childhood has an impact on how you view yourself today or do you think your experiences as an adult are what completely shape how you perceive yourself i mean i feel like definitely my childhood so one of the topics that i spoke to my therapist about is like me always wanting to be the best number one Mm. like me being so competitive like why do i feel the need to um like do all of those things like why can't i just be content with whatever i achieve and it's like so looking back at it it's just like i've seen that you know having middle eastern parents they always want you to best to be the best at everything yeah it comes out of a place of love of but course it, it also adds so much pressure on you as a person that it's like not realistic in a way you know it's like being a perfect person who's just like you know overachieving everything is just not gonna happen and like i have such a bad time taking like loss or like if I'm not the best at something, I have a hard time accepting that. Mm. And I feel like the triggers were like, even when like I would be, for example, the third on my class, Yeah, my parents would be like, no, you should be the first on your class. And like, if I get that, then like, how many hundreds do you have on your report card? You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, and you're so impressionable, impressed, impressionable, impressionable at that age. Like I, I feel like you're you're super affected by those types of remarks, especially at a younger age, because you're like in, in your mind, it's like, no, I need to like please my parents almost. Like I need to make them yeah. proud. Yeah, a hundred percent. You're like, no, I have to be this perfect child who does everything well. Yeah. So in a way, that's still instilled in my brain that I'm like, I just cannot like now I'm just trying to teach myself to accept not always being the best and not always being competitive and sometimes not just not engaging with like trying to be the best at everything like it's okay give an opportunity to someone else you don't have to try and succeed and you don't have to beat yourself over not being the best at something you know it's okay get over yeah 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 no absolutely absolutely but I I actually wanted to I wanted to bring up an example because I like one of so I went to therapy during like a breakup. This was in, in the states, um, mm-hmm. and I it was like after my first boyfriend. And so like the heartbreak was more like rejection, loneliness, um, mm-hmm. you know, like all these things like that were coming up. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I actually was I was already seeing a therapist, but like the heartbreak had happened like during my therapy. Anyways, whatever. Oh, that's but, like as I was like like going to therapy and stuff, I think it made me realize that the rejection I'm feeling is because 
my self-esteem and self-worth that I felt about myself was so damaged when I was younger because I was always overweight that that kind of seeped through into my relationships and like you know sometimes people realize this by the way on their own and they don't need to go to a therapist like they they, sometimes people just realize it through their experiences but if you're someone who's like I don't understand why I got rejected I don't understand why I feel lonely I don't understand this and you kind of can't shape or figure out why I think those type of people's people's people are good candidates for therapy. I mean, like, like why would- people who always seek to be loved by people? Yes. Like, it's natural for us to want to be loved by everyone. Just it's not healthy on the long run, you know. That's what was your reasoning, Madam? I'm interested to go. Like your first, so, like, what was like the trigger of like why you wanted to? The go? first time I went, it was because. So I have been dealing with a friend who is toxic, but they also got cancer. Okay. So I had to support them through that journey. And anyone who's been obviously like the pain of cancer is so much on the patient, but this doesn't mean that that patient cannot be someone who's toxic or manipulative at the same time, you know, but also dealing with that. Mind you, like I, stop talking to that person but once they got cancer I got back to speaking to them just to be there for them and then it got too much on me like you feel guilt yes it Mm. was definitely guilt even though that I stopped talking to that person for a reason because they were toxic to me you know but then I had to go through that and then that person passed away and I kind of did not get my answer or or closure for the things that happened previously. So it was very messy. Uh, at the same time, I felt bad for them passing away. And it's like, you know, so it was a lot, a lot to, to deal handle. with. Yeah, it was quite a lot to deal with. So um, basically at that point, I spoke to someone about just dealing with the grief and like, I feel like one of the, like, if if you lose someone, God forbid, you need to speak to someone about, you know, getting over that and understanding and like the, the grieving process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Because I feel like it's one of the hardest things that any person can go through, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was the first time. But then the second time I spoke to someone, it was about work stress. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I would get those... Um, like I would get those moments where I would completely freeze. Wow. Like during my work day, like I could have like a very stressful work day and then I would just, my brain would literally freeze. I would just be sitting and I can't do anything, you know? And it's, it's almost like anxiety, panic. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's very similar to a panic attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is, but like, it's just, I call it a moment of just freezing. Yeah. Like I would just freeze. And that's what I told like the person that I was speaking to. And they were like, so they taught me the triggers and like how to engage with that. And like some exercises, like a lot of it is a lot of physical exercise. So, so let me tell you something interesting that my uh, therapist told me. Yeah. Tell me. They said, us as humans, we're programmed and wired to react a certain way to fear. So it's like, imagine like your ancestors who are dealing with like a lion. Mm. They have three ways of dealing with it. They either attack the lion back, they either run away or they just freeze. And he's like, obviously you're just freezing. And he was like, 
the way that you get that out is through adrenaline and he was like you know perhaps you should try physical exercises like go take a walk around your how block. he says adrenaline will help with yeah that. i've never thought about yes. that before yes he literally said that he said because if you run or you attack the lion back you will be inducing like you know that adrenaline will be out and it, it's like the natural reaction that your ancestors had to that mm. And it's a way to deal with it, which I thought is quite interesting. That's interesting. But, you know, they, and they also say, like, a lot of, I think, therapists, like, I mean, when I was, like, extremely overweight and I was going to therapy, he was, like, like, it's not because, like, of anything. But when you work out, like, you're already releasing so much. And I guess you're getting mm-hmm. that adrenaline rush that it automatically helps with the stress in your brain. Yeah. So I think both of those things are just, like, it's, it is, it's super important, I think. A lot of people, it's scientific. It's not even. It's like literally science. <laughs> it's literally science. L- literally, it's like science. But so, oh you God. feel like you benefit? You're someone who, like, would recommend therapy. I mean, obviously, we're doing this episode, but like, with the right person. Okay. You know, a bad therapist can really trigger you. That's and true, I've had way. friends who have had bad therapists and who have probably turned them against like people who actually wanted some good for them, like. You know, not every therapist is good. So make sure before you like really deep dive into things, make sure that they're a good therapist, that you feel good after your session and that you don't feel like messed up and angry and you're not you're not supposed to feel that. And I think doing your research or taking the time to see what type of therapist would be best like you know their background Mm -hmm. as well like especially because I know someone one of my friends um after the explosion in Lebanon like needed to deal Mm -hmm. with like what was going on and so like he like specifically wanted to find someone who was Lebanese so he could like Mm -hmm. have someone to relate to yeah 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 you know so I think it is important to have someone that like you can relate to and is, is doing your research but I, I think we just want to reiterate the message that there's no shame in therapy there's no shame in getting help there's no shame in wanting to work on your mental wellness and cutting maybe those toxic people out and everyone has bad days everyone has good ta- days but I think everybody it's important has to like, you have to you have to prioritize yourself especially yeah. times like this when we're in a pandemic yeah what was that Miley Cyrus song? Everybody has those days. Oh my god! You Everybody know, just, and that's Hannah Montana. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys um, feel angsty, you feel like you want to share something, you feel like perhaps there's a situation in your life that you're not over. I mean, we're all for speaking to someone, the right someone, to be specific. And, um, you know, let us know how it goes if you want to share that with us. Of course, it's very personal. We understand. We want the best for you guys. So we love you, DX babies. (laughs) We love you, DX babies. And we hope that this um, could help you or give you insight on what it's like to speak to someone. Obviously, no shame about it. Sorry, mom, that I discussed this. Yeah, your daughter is not crazy. I promise. Yes, we. Our parents one hundred percent think we're crazy, madams. Yeah. <laughs> like they already know. They already know about us. But guys, yeah, you already know. But guys, please follow us on Instagram, DX Babies Podcast, Facebook, and subscribe. We are on Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple, and Unicami. Y'all know what to do, you guys. Yeah. DX Babies Podcast. 
So see you later. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.